0: Hey, all my scene to Lead listeners, and welcome to the second half of my episode with Tisha Poncio and Rick Butterworth, where we're talking about how Wakelet interfaces with teachers to help them become more efficient with their creativity and help students become leaders of their own learning. Look, if you didn't hear part one of this, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. And if you did, well, you know how much we got into what Wakelet can do for teachers and not just about the technical tool, but the the underpinning philosophy behind it and how it really plays into making education better for students and teachers. Some of the uses we talked about and that we're going to talk about some more have to do with how it collects things in one place and it's efficient. I really like in this episode where we talk about Wakelet working for the hiring process because it works as a CV resource. This came up because we talked about ideas for its use continue to come to you. As you play with the tool, it's one of these things that you can learn from, and they have all kinds of resources that these two individuals lay out with their YouTube channel and on Wakelet itself, where the learning is continuous and the ideas are flowing. But as you play with it, I encourage you to do it. That's what I'm doing myself more and more ideas will come to you. We talk about Wakelet being used for note-taking on books for future use or or even creating your own book if you wanna do that, or or it's a tool for self-reflection and goal setting. Now, the best part about that is think about evaluations and think about how you evaluate students in class. You can use Wakelet as a way to show growth. So portfolios, now we've got an answer on how to effectively use this because you can pull so many things into it. And at the end, I even ask a question that's a little surprising about something you can pull in. And guess what? You can. Look, Wakelet can be the tool to empower students to use technology for good. We often talk about technology. Sometimes people try to limit it But what we need to do is teach responsible use and the good power behind technology. And Wakelet really gets that done. We need to listen to students and let them lead the way to advance ourselves in technology. And now those are all great. And those are fantastic things. But the most important thing I heard in this second part was the idea of bringing schools together using Wakelet to learn instead of just compete. I mean, think about that. The only time schools get together anymore is to compete. We're all learning the same thing. Why aren't we learning it together and joining forces to increase our strength? And finally, a key message in this is to embrace the evolution of your path forward. Because if we're going to keep learning and modeling the idea of continuous learning and improvement, we should never be afraid to admit when we change our philosophies due to new information and new experiences. You are going to love the end of this full episode, part two, and I just want to jump right into it before taking any more of your time to make it as useful as possible for you. Here we go, part two with Tisha and rick
1: why can't we bring the learning side of it in? how can we actually get schools because every student is learning the same thing we're all trying to teach the same thing but then you might find a school that might have a better way of teaching it why don't we bring those all together rather than competing against each other
0: Thoughtful dialogue. This show is about amplifying voices, creating understanding, and providing information to help everyone continually improve. I want to personally thank you for taking the time. Now, let's get to getting better. You mentioned something that that I hold near and dear. It's actually a subset of my why for what I do every day, and that has to do with continuous improvement. And I put out weekly videos and talk about continuous improvement a lot to my community. How does Wakelet serve as a tool for people that use it to continually improve themselves? I know we noticed, we mentioned uh, reflection before. How can Wakelet be a tool that really hones in on people improving themselves on a continuous basis? Anybody feel free to jump in. you go (laughs) first,
2: Rick, and then I'll
1: follow you. (laughs) I don't know, Rick, Tish is sitting there smiling. So it looks like she has something to say ready. I mean, she's literally listed off so many amazing resources and stuff that can help people improve every single day. I think the biggest thing, because we've made Wakelet so flexible and people will have a way of introducing Wakelet into their work life or their personal life, it's about evolving that and just learning what the capabilities are. I mean, we've seen all sorts of Collections being created by not even just teachers. Uh, I remember seeing someone had actually created a collection on they've got a job role uh, available in their uh, business. They'd found a number of CVs on LinkedIn and they basically grouped possible candidates and he sent it over to his business partner just to make it that little bit easier than having to deal with emails from a uh, from a job agency or trying to organise a list of potential candidates and sending loads of PDFs over. They just organized it into a Wakelet collection and send that. And we've seen people do food recipes, organizing as Tish has done a a wish list and Christmas is coming up and I know she keeps slipping it in there to kind of hint at the team. But there's so much that people can do. I think it's just down to them taking the time and doing small improvements as they go along. And it comes. it's not going to be an overnight, oh, I've got this idea, I'm going to change it. It could be they add a link in and they discover, oh, actually, I can do it this way and it's going to make it even faster for me. It's going to be a steady process. And we've got things like, uh, we've got browser extension available. So you don't have to keep on going to a website, copying the link, then going back to Wakelet, finding the collection, adding it. It's very tedious and time-consuming. Now it's, You go to a website, you've got the extension installed, and it's available on Edge, Chrome, and Firefox. You just click the uh, W in the top right-hand corner, automatically scrapes and shows a list of your collections. You just choose the collection you want to add it to, and that's it. Simple as, and you can do that even with tweets. A little W comes up on every single tweet on Twitter, and you can just, if you're scrolling through, you find something interesting, just click that and you're done. You don't have to worry about it, and you can come back to it whenever you like. So anything that we can try and do to speed things up, but I think as well, the teacher will find ways to create collections even faster, or even find awesome ways that we haven't even thought of how to use it. So You just
0: blew my mind with the Twitter thing. Because I tend to be on Twitter quite a bit. But something else I was thinking of, and this is boy, the listeners are really going to like this one, right? All, all leaders, if they want to improve themselves, read an awful lot. And it always becomes an issue. There are so many different strategies, methods that people read and then remember what they read or take it to use it for future use. I had quite a long discussion with my athletic director. He's a massive reader. And I'm a margin note guy. I love to write all over the margins of the books that I have. A little difficult with the transition to Kindle and things like that, but I still get it done. He has a separate notebook he keeps where he titles the notebook, opens it, and takes notes as he reads. To me, that's a little too much. But people, have, people do note cards, things like that. I was just thinking as you were talking, how powerful Wakelet could be as a tool while you're reading or... I'm, I've i got an idea and I've begun an outline for another book to write. How powerful Wakelet could be for me for that, for collecting research and anecdotes and things like that.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing is you've just from, uh, you've had to play around with Wakelet initially. You've been talking to us. Now the ideas start to come. And that's what we've tried to provide every single time with the YouTube videos, the social posts, the explore page, templates, everything so that you can just do a general browse and you never know what you might come across and then decide, actually, I've got a better idea that's going to serve me even more. And that's what we want to do. We want to get that creativity going, but we need to offer something to get you started at least.
0: I feel like I'm starting to think Wakelet. I got, okay, so I got to play around with Wakelet. I'm starting to think of where I can fit this in my calendar to play around with I world. have a new
2: challenge for both of you, actually. Rick already knows that he his challenge, he's looking at me like he's confused. Don't do this. I love I'm him. Scared. Okay, <laughs> he shouldn't be scared because he knows he's got to beef up his Wakelet profile, right? So all of the listeners are going to be checking now, Rick, for your Wakelet profile. Now you have to do it. But here's my challenge to you, Chris. You were talking about you know just improvement. I would say for those listeners, self-improvement as a teacher was so important to me. also just as a leader, I always wanted to be improving. So there are a couple of ways to do it. Like you said, with the book, you know, reading a book and putting some notes, you could have a uh, one column if you're using the column layout, one column of your book, and then you could have notes in that second column and you could do that for all of your books uh, book tasting there's so many ways to do that but here's what i'm thinking for you as an administrator you could actually have your teachers reflect on uh middle of the year or beginning of the year middle of the year and end of the year and i've actually done that personally i created a collection that was private only to me so nobody else could see it it was something that i just did on my own But your teachers could create those flip videos in there for beginning of the year, middle of the year, and end of the year based on a list of questions that you've given them, right? So that they are reflecting on that process. I think you can do the exact same thing with students. For me, if you go to my profile, my Wakelet profile, you will see, and I actually talked to you earlier and also Rick about this, but I found some videos of me presenting in 2013, and watched the video, thinking because in 2013 I thought the video was incredible. <laughs> like, why would it not be good? And compared the 2013 video to a to the sketch note webinar in 2022, and sat there at my kitchen table last night thinking this is incredible. It is like listening to two different people. Now think about if you apply that to your teachers or think about if your teachers apply that same concept to English language learners or a speech class or whatever the case is. It becomes so powerful because in those, like Rick said, it's a step-by-step. So, you know, just improving on using technology, using Wakelet step-by-step, little by little, you end up with all of this progress. With Wakelet, you can see the progress. Before Wakelet, my students and I knew we were making progress, but how do we prove the progress? How are we going to show proof of learning? How are we going to show proof of growth? Wakelet will help you do that and will help you do it very easily. So another idea just that I'm going to spout (laughs) off to you and your listeners as the administrator, you know, I struggled because I was going to PDs and conferences, and I was doing that all year, right? And so I only needed a couple of, you know, a little bit of PD here, but of course I had a whole bunch. Well, my issue was my principal would say, Tisha, I need all of your evidence. (laughs) And I would say, oh no, I have to log into these 15 platforms to go get my certificate. Wakelet, creating a Wakelet collection and pulling those certificates in after I finished that conference or that PD session for my district. It's all right there. I'm just sending my principal the one link, right? And there is the evidence so quickly. I'm not stressing out. I haven't forgotten passwords because I'm just going to my Wakelet account.
0: That's awesome. So now you, and I'm going to, I'm going to be mad at myself for saying this, but I love a challenge. So you said (laughs) you had a challenge for me and I can say no to a lot of things. I have so much trouble saying no to a challenge. What's the challenge to me?
2: My challenge is the same challenge that I gave Rick. So my challenge to you is to log into your Wakelet profile. So log into Wakelet, however you do that, go create a collection, something that's meaningful to you, could be personal, could be professional, and you're going to work that collection. Then you're going to make another one. So your challenge, Chris, is three collections in your Wakelet profile that are public so that when I search your name in Wakelet, I come to your profile and I can see them. And then I might use them in my future webinars.
0: <laughs> so why does this sound like it's getting more and more difficult the more the longer you talk? So I have to get one and play around with it and make three public yeah. collections in my I mean, profile.
2: Well, I haven't given you a timeline yet. I would say... You know, what is it? Easy, easy. I would say, you know, March, April, May, something like that is feasible. Because again, when you go look at my profile, a lot of your listeners may Google search my profile. It's going to look amazing. But it, it didn't happen. Rick said it did not happen overnight. <laughs> my first Wakelet profile was embarrassing because there was nothing on there. It was my students that showed me and talked to me about branding. And that is really how that profile came about. So think about your branding, Chris. Think about, you know, maybe you just pop your podcast in a collection. That's super easy. So,
0: so let me, okay. So if I do this before March 1. Yeah. Will I talk to you about this, Rick? How do I get a shirt?
2: Oh, we will hook you up. Do I get a shirt
0: if I do this by... Then I'll I'll get loud on social media about it.
2: You get more than a shirt.
0: Oh, hey now. All right. By March 1st. (laughs) Yes. I love goodies.
2: I know. We've got some... We have some good things and I can't tell you because we are live. But Rick told me a little merch secret earlier and I'm so excited about it. So just wait. You will get some cool stuff.
0: Uh, uh, Well, I trust you. I trust you. (laughs) So let me ask you this, and I I don't know if you want to take this first, uh, Tisha, because it it has to do with classroom and and teachers and things like that. So I'm a leader. I support my teachers in getting turned on to Wakelet. I get them engaged in it, using it and everything. How do I empower through Wakelet or empower their use of Wakelet? What would be the best way to do that to where they feel empowered and take risks and things like that? Because I'm I'm big on teachers taking risks and supporting them, but how do I empower them to do that with Wakelet?
2: I think if I were in your shoes, what I would do is I would start using it as their leader, right? Because you are not gonna, one of the things I believe as a leader is I'm never gonna ask you to do something I'm not willing to do myself. So you're not gonna get them turned on unless they see you doing it. So that would be the very first thing. Use it for a faculty meeting, you know, maybe next month. See how that works. I'll send you the template, see what they say. And as they start asking questions, and then that's kind of how I did it as a tech coach. I was never saying, hey, here's Wakelet. You should definitely use it. I just started giving them Wakelet collection. And then they would go, What is Wakelet? And how did you do that? And why does it look so good? And that's really fun. And so you want them to be curious. And I would say that's the first thing. And once they're curious, then you can give them the resources that Rick and I shared. And the, like the templates are going to help. But, you know, be thinking about next year. We, of course, Wakelet is free to use, unlimited collections unlimited collaborators, but let's just say that you got your district and your school really on board. We also have a district option. We have a premium package, which includes a whole bunch of other things that leaders like you, Chris, really love, like analytics and things like that. But I would say start using it yourself. That would be my advice. Whether you're a leader or you're a teacher in the classroom wanting to use it with your students, start doing it yourself so that they can see the platform because when they see it and they see you using, it for something that is important to you in that PLN, that PLC group, they're going to start asking questions. And that's essentially how the wakelet bug happens. And when they, when when the light bulb goes, it it really does because I cannot function without it. I have like 10 wakelet tabs open right now. It's on my phone. I use it all the time. Again, personal and professional. So if you really want to challenge them, you know, you could have them put together some you know, some recipes, if you're doing a potluck.
0: (laughs) You know, it's funny you say that because so, yeah, people hear this, but so what? I do things different as a leader and uh, I have some different things. And before I get into that, the first thing I want to say is that is so true for anybody listening to that modeling piece. When I first came to this school, I just started using Mentimeter and Padlet with them. And before you know it, I was going into classrooms because I spent a lot of time in classrooms, And the teachers were using Mentimeter and Padlet. Never said anything to me, never asked for support, never just, I walked into the classroom and I see it and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. So that definitely does work. So, okay, so now your challenge is even more important beyond the merge piece. But (laughs) you, you talked about analytics and how important the analytics piece is for districts. So that's a good thing that people need to hear that superintendents might be on board for stuff like that. But I also, the idea of, When they catch the Wakelet bug, when they're using it, I think that's really important because then what people might be thinking, not thinking of, is that if the teachers are using it in the classroom and the idea that Wakelet is free for as many, what do you call them? Not boards, but you said I have to have collections. Uh So as many collections as you want, as many collaborators as you want, students are going to pick that up because students collect too. we just don't realize it. They do it. They're in collecting ways. every day
2: on social right. media. They are curating right. whether you want them to or not. Let's use Wakelet to empower them to use tech for good.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm telling you this is like sold. I'm actually <laughs> excited about going and messing around with Wakelet to try and build some collections. So that's good, a good thing. Supporting your teachers and students seems to be a struggle. They just don't seem to be engaged. You wish they would take more responsibility for their learning and culture of the building, but they just don't seem to be empowered enough to do it. So my question is, have you checked out the book Seeing to Lead yet? It's all about creating a true educational experience where learning, growth, leadership, and community take center stage. Full of strategies and resources, Seeing to Lead is about attaining that goal by employing a model that supports, engages, and empowers all individuals to become leaders themselves. Pick up a copy today at seeingtolead.com. That's seeingtolea dot com. Remember, you don't become a leader and then decide you need to support and recognize others more than yourself. It is the moment you realize it's about supporting and recognizing others that you become a leader. Seeingtolead.com. You know, as we're talking, we talked about a couple of things that are really important in schools. And one of the things I wanted to mention is that it, it seems as if inclusive of everybody comes up a lot. And it seems like student leadership comes up a lot. So that's engaging and empowering. What? And this is a question for both of you perfect world, what does school in today's world look like? You walk into a school, what do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel?
1: What should our educational institutions look like? Let me jump in. From my side, a school for students and teachers, everyone's learning. It is not a students are just coming in to listen to the teacher and learn whatever the curriculum might be. The teacher can learn from the students. As Tish has already pointed out, she was against Wakelet at the beginning and it was her students that got her involved. She listened to her students. She took that on board and she saw the benefits from it. And I think that's the biggest thing. Technology, anything is evolving so rapidly. We can't all keep up with everything. But the next generation's they've got a lot of time on their hands. They can learn everything that's going on. And it just requires us as as the previous generation to actually listen to what's being said, what's trending at the moment. And that's why the likes of Web3, it's very early days, but it's something that I'm so interested in because I've been looking at Web3 since beginning of 2017. I've dabbled in it a little bit. I've taken a lot more interest over the last couple of years. And it's starting to become more and more important in day-to-day lives, especially education. We've got, there was an Ed3 conference, which is a virtual conference in Metaverse, which we've been involved in. And it's all around bringing education and Web3 together. But again, it's still very early days. There's a lot of learning curve, but it's the right time to get involved now. And that's what I can see it in schools is trying to get this involvement of learning the next things, what's coming up so that we can be ahead of the game. Going off how school was for me 20 years ago, it, it does feel very behind its times. I mean, I remember going to the computer room my first year of secondary school, which would have been middle school, I think it is. We were using Windows 3.1. Now, this is in very early 2000. So why are we still using Windows 3.1 when Windows 95 and 98 at least are already out? But now you're seeing schools with every student's got a tablet or a laptop, which is fantastic to see because that is the way forward. But we need to be moving faster and we need to be learning faster because these kids, that's what they're learning right now in their day to day life outside of school start bringing it into the school. So again, the educators up to, up to speed with it, get the uh, principals and the tech coaches and everyone involved in it because if they can get ahead of the game and moving forward, every single student's going to benefit from that when they go into uh, start looking for jobs or even just into university. They're going to be striving for being the next big thing for the world that's going to hopefully move forward. Yeah, that's just how I see this. Big idea there of schools schools now really like
0: excellent thank you go ahead tish i see you smiling <laughs> there you're waiting go ahead
2: i always try to be super respectful and wait because i get so excited about this topic but really to rick's point the truth is Arc, and I've known this from the beginning of my days. So I started teaching when I was 18, essentially, to adult learners and substituting at the high school level, which I know sounds very odd. And it was. But when I became uh, you know, a teacher of high school, I noticed right away, immediately, my students the ones that I had the privilege of having, so those were the RICs, the coders, right? The web design, all of the kids that were interested in that, but had no outlet. I show up as a brand new teacher and I'm having to put together curriculum because there wasn't any. So I'm writing my own curriculum, my own lesson plans. I'm deciding what's important for them to teach, but letting them explore. They were doing all of that. They just weren't able to do it when they came to school. And so it really is up to us as educators, as administrators, the superintendents, whoever is listening to this, your school board, you have got to give your students opportunity to do that. So in my perfect world, I'm walking into a school and I am seeing I'm seeing an open floor plan. First of all, I'm not seeing rows of desks. I'm not seeing a teacher standing at the front of the room. I'm seeing teachers sitting side by side. I'm seeing, you know, students leading and presenting groups of other students. I'm seeing facilitating happening. I'm seeing it would look like chaos to a lot of, of veteran teachers. <laughs> Once I gave up control, I mean like truly, we like to have control and order, but the truth is In some of the most chaotic spaces that I've been in, that's where the most learning is happening because you are talking to each other. You might be, you know, Rick and I may be in a really heated conversation because he believes one thing and I believe another. But we're having a conversation and we're learning how to come to a common goal. And our students need to have that experience. They need us as adults and educators to give them those opportunities. You know, Web3, he's absolutely right. Like I was on the cusp of social media and Web2. I remember Chris walking into my classroom thinking, why are all of my students on this Facebook page? What is this? And instead of resisting it, I sat down again with them and said, what is this and why do you like it? And when they told me that, I thought, well, I'm going to start leveraging this for education. How can I make this work and merge the two things? And we have to be always thinking a couple of steps ahead of them because they're already doing it. Esports, if you know, esports a couple of years ago, I remember going to my own principal and saying, Hey, I really think we should do esports teams. Like this is the thing. And I know that there's lots of controversy around it, but it's going to be so great for the kids to feel like they belong to a team. Maybe they don't want to play football in Texas. Maybe they want to do something else. I, there was so much resistance around that idea. But now <laughs> we all know what's happening in esports. And Rick is right. The Web 3. Trend that's happening. There are some leaders out there on Twitter. Michael Cohen is one. He's really the one I started listening to and watching and reading and watching. Like you said, reading, I read articles about Web3. we Rick and I are, by the time this is published, the conference will be over, but check out the Dow Rick on Twitter.
1: Ed3Dow, and I think they've got 3 Educators or K20 Educators, which is founded by the, can't remember her surname, but definitely check her out. So they're There's merging. A-
2: The Web3 with the educators, so in our Wakelet community, we have a whole community of educators. We have many community members that are part of that Ed3 group, and it really is merging together. And we have to be willing to take risks as educators and leaders. We have to, even if it's uncomfortable, because it's going to serve our students, right? And we're going to model for them.
1: Just to add on from what Tish was saying, when she brought up the esports side of things, I remember we obviously didn't have laws when, when I was at school, but the only times you'd get schools interacting with other schools was usually through maybe a sport. It might be, I'll say, soccer for, for the fact that we've got most American listeners, but even in the UK, so soccer, rugby, cricket, maybe it's handball or anything like that, or it might be on the curriculum level of maybe it's a, a physics competition or a math competition. But it's always compete. It's always schools competing against each other. Why can't we bring the learning side of it in? How can we actually get schools? Because every student is learning the same thing. We're all trying to teach the same thing, but then you might find a school that might have a better way of teaching it. Why don't we bring those all together rather than competing against each other? Okay. That's just something I'm, yeah, I'm looking at the moment. What
0: can we do? And I apologize. I didn't mean to step on you because I was going to say, first off, did somebody just hear a mic drop in here?
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like for real. That is so powerful, what you said about schools. Every time we get together, we're competing instead of getting together and saying, hey, let's change our perspective about, yeah, we both teach causes of the American Revolution. Who teaches it better? Well, we teach it better. Keep it safe, keep it secret. I mean, it's education, right? And if we're changing our perspective so that the person that's benefiting is the student, then why wouldn't we be collaborating and forget about who does it better? Just here's a different way of looking at it. So thank you very much. I could talk to the two of you for another (laughs) three hours. But we're getting near the end. So I want to wrap this up. And I ask people that come on the podcast two questions for everybody that comes on the podcast. The first is, and however you want to, if you want to flip a coin, because we've been going back and forth with who starts first, but the first one is if you weren't in education or Rick, in your scenario, serving the educational sector with a tool such as Wakelet, what not, or who, not what would you be?
2: You want me to go first? I thought you were going first. (laughs) Okay, I'll go first and then I'll let you follow up. Okay. Okay. Okay, so I would, here's the thing. I think what I would be if I wasn't a teacher has evolved so it has evolved and grown as I've gone through my path, right? In, in, in my career. I recently decided I would be a business owner. My dad was a business owner. I did not realize by his modeling how much I actually learned from him just in being in that environment with him and reading contracts with him and things like that. So I think for me, I would be a business owner, but you cannot take the teacher out of me. You can't because I've been teaching for so long, Chris. So whatever my business is still going to involve me teaching and empowering in some capacity. It would have to, that might be, whether I'm life coaching someone or I'm coaching someone with technology or giving them goal-setting ideas like I did you, it would have to be still some sort of teaching, whatever that might look like. So I I definitely think before everything is said and done, I will be owning a business.
1: For me, it would be possibly between two options. One would be, I always had this ambition to be a commercial partner. When I was nine years old, as you mentioned before, I studied aviation technology at Salford University. I obtained my pilot's license when I was 21. So I had a goal in mind of becoming a commercial pilot. That Aviation's always been my biggest passion. I've been involved in it for many years. If it wasn't a commercial pilot, it would be the same as Tish, my own business. I'd still be focused on that idea of creating something that is helping others. If it's not in education, it will be in something else, guaranteed, whatever that might be. But as long as it's helping somebody else, then I'm 110% invested into it. Awesome. So you've said so much over the
0: past uh, amount of time that we've been talking that uh, you know people are going to have all kinds of takeaways, but the podcast is meant to help leaders, and now teachers with the different editions, better support, engage, and empower those they lead. What's the most important piece of advice you would like to leave us with, the listeners with, about how they can achieve that? How can they better support, engage, and empower those they lead?
1: I would say listen is the biggest thing. We have one mouth, two ears. So keep it that way. Listen more, speak less because people are very quick to either put in their opinion or challenge something that someone else has done without fully understanding where that person may be coming from. I've always found that it's been difficult for me to explain what my opinion is or what I'm trying to describe might not be explained to the best it could be. But if, it were, if that person I was talking to just spent an extra five minutes listening they would understand where I was coming from rather than assuming, oh, that's where it's going. I'll say my side of it. And then I feel like I've not been listened to. And that's how, I, if I felt like that, I want to make sure that when people are talking to me, that they're not feeling how I felt in the past. So just listening all the time, because then people feel like they're they've actually got some power there to, or a voice at least, and being heard. That's my biggest thing I can offer, really.
0: Well, thank you. That's a lot to offer. Thank you very much. And I I was going to say that now that he turned it right back to you, Tisha. That's a hard (laughs) act to follow.
2: I know. I think for me, I go back to what my students taught me. It really was me uh, giving up control and being willing to do what I was asking my teachers or my students to do. So I just really, that became a practice. I'm never going to ask As a leader, I'm never going to ask anybody to do something that I'm not willing to do myself, even if that means really getting down in the trenches and doing those mundane tasks. You know, I I just believe in that so much because as leaders, again, we're modeling and we want people to become leaders so that we're side by side leaders. It isn't a hierarchy necessarily. And I think, again, that's what my students taught me. I had, you know, I got, I, I went to school and. You know, in, in teacher school or whatever, <laughs> you were the sage on the stage. And it was a very long time until I realized that my philosophy was different. And I think that's the other piece to that. Don't be afraid to admit when you have shifted your philosophies. And that's okay. You know, pick the things you're going to die on a hill about. The truth is, I recognized right away because of what Rick even said. I was listening to my students and I was hearing what they were saying and I was taking on their perspective of things instead of just holding on to my own.
0: Awesome. You two have been better guests than I could have even imagined. I was excited to talk to you at the beginning of this. <laughs> And now, I mean, my head's going in all kinds of different directions and just different notes I want to take. If I was any braver, I'd share my screen and pop open a wakelet right now and start taking notes from what we talked about. (laughs) However, look, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I'm sure people are going to be really interested in listening to this and hearing the things that you were talking about. I know you had given me a bunch of different links that I'll put in the show notes, But how do people get in touch with you? What's the easiest way for them to reach out and say, hey, I'm interested in this Wakelet thing. Where can I find more information or whatever else they want to talk to you about?
2: I think two things. Our emails are really easy. Tisha at wakelet.com and rick at wickwood.com. So if you are an email person, you can email us. If you're on Twitter, we'll put that in the show notes, but I'm on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I believe Rick is also on all three of those platforms. You can search our names. Tisha Poncio on Twitter. I mean, whatever. You can find us. We're out there. We will take DMs from you. I often, I will meet you where you are. I think Brick is the same way. However you want to communicate with us so we can organize just getting you the resources. You also can find our profiles on Wakelet. You can get your account on Wakelet and search for our names. You should be able to find us, but we'll connect with you in any way possible and give you the resources you need to get started or put you in contact with the people that you need to talk to for that.
0: Awesome. One last question. It's a short one, I promise, before I let you go. You mentioned TikTok. I am just trying TikTok because I figure I want to know a little bit about it. I don't know anywhere near enough about it, but I want to know a little bit about it, seeing the students are doing it. It, Can you pull TikTok in and do collections of TikTok on Wakelet? Absolutely.
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) All right. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not going to say anything else, but no, perfect. Hey, look, really, thank you. I really appreciate you coming on and talking about Wakelet. And I can't wait to release this and have a lot of people learn a lot about Wakelet.
2: Absolutely. Thank you, Chris, for having us.
0: Yeah, thank you. Well, that's a wrap, but not the end. Next step, be sure to take action on something you heard here today. Hey, thanks for listening to the Scene to Lead podcast. If you would like to connect for any reason, email me at drchrissj at gmail.com or catch me on Twitter at drcsjones. If you've gotten any value from the Scene to Lead podcast today, you can help me and other leaders create a world-class environment through a teacher-centric approach by subscribing to the show, leaving an honest rating and review, and sharing this episode on social media with your most valuable takeaway. Also, one last thing. Have you had a chance to pick up my latest five-star rated book yet? Grab your copy of Seeing to Lead anywhere you buy books or at seeingtolead.com. That's S-E-E-I-N-G-T-O-L-E-A-D.com where you can learn more and continue to improve. Now go have a successful week.